Realty. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. And welcome to the Review It Rob show. I'm, of course, your host, Review It Rob, coming at you with the latest in news, the latest in what's releasing this week, and, of course, a review this week, which will be for the Morbius film that released last week, man. Saw that Thursday night, so opening night or special preview night, whatever they call it. Had to see it that night, man, because last week was a wrestling-packed night. Friday night was SmackDown, and, of course, the WWE Hall of Fame that he had WrestleMania night one. And night two happening Saturday and Sunday, man. This was action-packed week. That was last week, man. <laughs> um, but first and foremost, appreciate you all joining in to tell listen to me talk and ramble on about the movie news. And then, of course, hope all of you out there doing good, man. Hope you had a great weekend. This is the last time you joined here. This is, of course, like I mentioned before, the Real Rob Show, which is proudly part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network, which we got to hang out over the weekend, man. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, soon, but Thermy Podcast Network, make sure you check out our YouTube page for all the fun that goes on over there, and of course, the Facebook page for all the fun there, but teased it there a little bit. Over the weekend, man, Thermy Podcast Network crew, Zach Speakeasy, you got Zach, Mr. Wonderful Show, we got Mr. Wonderful, got myself, and the newest member of the Thermy Podcast Network, person I've known all my life so far, <laughs> my brother, uh, with his uh, Metal Groove show, has now joined the Thermy Podcast Network, which is just very fitting, because we all have been working together for a very long time, and our podcast lives have interconnected with each other for a while, so now, having us all together as one in the Thermy Podcast Network is amazing and awesome, and we, like I said, we got together Saturday for night one of WrestleMania, and we, you know, talked the whole time, and had a good time, and experiencing all that and just being able to watch WrestleMania with my buds, my bros, my amigos, my pals was a fantastic experience that I will, you know, honestly never forget. And, you know, technical, let's hang out. Hopefully someday we'll be able to all hang out in person and watch this thing. But until then, you can take what you get. And that's what we got. And it was a great time, man. So, uh, like I mentioned, over the weekend, uh, since last time we talked here last week, a lot of stuff going on. Had the new review at Rob show come out, and then, of course, I released two shows on my Patreon. Uh, released a new episode of The Spook Show, and a new episode of Flix It, man, so it was cool to get those out there. Um, and then, like I said, Friday night was SmackDown, uh, last SmackDown for WrestleMania. We had the Hall of Fame, which was a great thing, and the Hall of Fame is always a great experience to see people who have given their lives and given their for their craft and their career and taken all these bumps and put their body through so much hell 
to finally, you know, get recognized and get their uh, recognition and placed into the WWE Hall of Fame. So, of course, great experience with that. It was awesome. The Undertaker, all of it. Everybody was awesome, man. Just a great experience across the board from everybody who went in this year. Everybody very well deserving. Multiple moments where I was shedding tears and crying. And, of course, the Undertaker went into the Hall of Fame taking his rightful place as the absolute legend that he is. And he just gave an amazing speech the whole time. It was so cool and seeing, because, you know, if you follow wrestling, you know The Undertaker. You don't see him um, all that much. So of course, over the last couple of years, he's been more out there. We've gotten to see The Undertaker do more interviews and everything. We've got to do all, all this stuff. And now that whole Hall of Fame experience was awesome. You know, going into Saturday Night 1 of WrestleMania, got to, like I said, we got to hang out. And, you know, a lot of great stuff happened Night 1 of WrestleMania, man. You know, we got a new women's champion in Bianca Belair. She is recrowned, recrowned, regained the crown of the Raw Women's Champion. Pretty, uh, pretty solid match, man. They had a good match going on. Some uh, definitely rough shots. She got kicked in the eye, and you can notice uh, if you watch Raw tonight, uh, her eye is pretty swollen and closed. So, hope the best for Bianca Belair. Hope she gets better. But of course, have that championship gold is a good, uh, a good uh, thank you, if you will, or a good, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> and other great stuff happened that night. We got um, the Logan Paul match, man, which nobody know what to expect with that, but honestly. Haters are going to hate, man. All the credit in the world to Logan Paul for being his first wrestling match ever on the grandest stage of them all, man. He did a great job in that match. Of course, it helps when you have legends like Rey Mysterio in there helping you out. But he did really good, man. I thought he did great and played the villain role fantastic. Good on him. Uh, biggest thing that happened Saturday, well, two big things happened Saturday. One being the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, returned home to the WWE as the mystery opponent for Seth Rollins, the worst kept secret in wrestling history, maybe. But he had just an absolute amazing experience from what I understand. I don't watch AEW, but from what I understand, that is, is the entrance he had was his entrance from AEW. And like I said, he went out there and he Seth tore it down, which is, you know, to be expected. Seth Rollins, amazing performer. And, you know, Cody Rhodes, fantastic as well. So those two had a match, and it was an awesome match, without a doubt. The other thing that happened is, man, freaking Stone Cold Steve Austin. He returned to the ring for the first time in, what was it, 19 years. Not the first time he's been in the WWE ring. He's been in the WWE ring a couple times. at a couple of WrestleManias after WrestleMania 19, and he was at Raw in the Thunderdome, which is very awkward because, you know, Stone Cold's very, um, you know, in with the crowd. You know, he's always getting the crowd involved in things. When there's no crowd there, kind of an awkward situation. But he came back. thought it was going to be just a KO show for a while there. And he ended up being, you know, Kevin Owens like, I lied. I got you here because I want to challenge you to a match. They ended up having a freaking no-holds-barred brawl all over the arena, and it was awesome, man. Just seeing Stone Cold back out there, having a great time. Kevin Owens deserves all the credit in the world for how freaking good of a professional he is, man. And they had a great job. Great, great entertaining match. Um, another thing, I think probably something that blew my mind. I don't know if it blew the rest of the uh, Throw Me Podcast Network's minds, but it blew my mind seeing... The Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey battle, those two, and I say battle, man, because it looked like they were beating the hell out of each other in that ring. Uh, they had no hope, no love loss between them at all, and they just went out there and they battled it out, had a fantastic, you know, battle, and Charlotte won. Was not expecting that, and I think a lot of people were expecting Ronda Rousey to win. Thought Charlotte, okay, Charlotte's going to drop the title here, she's going to take a break, she's going to go get married to Andrade, and they're going to, you know, and then she'll come back, but... Surprise, surprise, Charlotte won, man. I hope this sets up for Shayna getting revenge for her friend, um, Ronda, but I'm sure Ronda and Charlotte will end up having a rematch uh, in the future. And then we go into 
and you know, a lot of good stuff happens Saturday night. And then we go into Sunday, WrestleMania Sunday, where the main event is the unification of the championships. I know all the people who watch this, listen to this show for movie news are like, dude, what are you talking about? I talk wrestling on the show too, my baby. So it's okay. I'm going to get to the movie news. Don't worry. But before we get there, Pat freaking McAfee had his dream come true of having a WrestleMania match. He went up against Austin Theory, which is an entertaining match, man. It's great to see Pat out there. Pat's a freaking talented freaking dude. And he did great out there. And then all of a sudden it turned into a match with Vince McMahon. And freaking that was the thing. And Pat did a great job selling for Vince McMahon. Uh, McMahon ended up winning the match from, you know, devious tactics as always as it is with Mr. McMahon. And then, of course, as he and Austin Theory are celebrating none other than Stone Cold Steve Austin decides to come out there and open up a can of whoop-ass over Can I get a what? What? <laughs> but yeah, he came out there. He did his thing. He kicked their asses. Vince McMahon took the most awkward Stone Cold Stunner of all time. What you're saying? What? Mr. McMahon always takes awkward Stone Cold Stunners. You're right. He always does. And then um, Pat McAfee got in there. They were celebrating. Then, of course, Stone Cold, what'd he do? Hit him in the gut. Hit him with the stunner. Down with McAfee. Freaking... DTA, dude, don't trust anybody when it comes to Stone Cold. Or, you know what? DTA, don't trust Austin. You know, because he always gets you, even if you're pals, he's going to get you. He is for that, the uh, rattlesnake after all. And then, uh, but it was a funny moment. You got to see Pat laying on the ground outside, pouring beer into his mouth. Hilarious. So, great time there. The What I'm referring to now is the jackass match. We had Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn Sunday night, which was hilarious from start to finish. Just an absolute blast of a time there. I reviewed the Jackass Forever movie last week, right? Last week's episode. Yeah, and then, you know, this thing was just a fun experience from start to finish. Again, Sami Zayn, bravo to you, man. He carried that match so well. Not to say Johnny Knoxville didn't do a great job. He did a great job. But, you know, just the professional that Sami Zayn is was able to get all that stuff to sell very well, and he did fantastic. You had all the other jackass characters out there, like Wee Man. Wee Man picked up Sami Zayn, slammed him like Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant back in the day, and it was just uh, spectacular, man. And, of course, the main event for WrestleMania, the unification of the championships. You had the WWE champion Brock Lesnar, the Beast Incarnate, versus the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, the WWE Universal Champion. And those two went at it. They had a bra, man. They fought it out. And at the end of the night... Of course, as we all expected, he can't be topped. He's the longest reigning Universal Champion in history, and now he is the unified WWE Universal Champion. That's right, Roman Reigns now holds both titles, man. We're going to see what happens there. He was on Raw tonight. He said, Friday night, you will get my plan of what's next for the bloodline. And on top of that, it looked like Roman may have hurt his arm, man, during that Kamara lock. I know maybe he's selling it very well, but... Arm looked kind of a little rough. Uh, if you look at some pictures from last night, it looked like something could have happened with his arm. And he was favoring it pretty well here tonight on Raw. So there's that. Other thing that happened here on tonight, last thing I'm going to talk about wrestling-wise, I know this is mostly a movie show, so people are here for the movie stuff. But watch WWE, man. It's fantastic stuff. It's sports entertainment. You probably enjoy it if you're a movie person because professional wrestling, as I've always called it, athletic theater, baby. Uh, Cody Rhodes started off Raw tonight. He came out there, told a great story about Dusty Rhodes and how he hoped to one day grab the WWE Championship and hand it to his father, who he's um, sadly not able to do since we lost uh, the dream a while ago. Um, but now he said, that doesn't mean I can't win the championship now and still hold it proudly for him. So he's put it out there that he wants the WWE Championship or Universal Championship. We'll find out where that ends up going. But Cody Rose made it clear that he wants that uh, big championship. He wants the big one. That's why he came back. He wants the big championship. So... He's coming back for that. Seth did come out during that, and he shook his hand. He said, welcome home, and then he left. So we'll see what happens there. Seth's always got something up his uh, 
up his sleeve, man, or up his very loud suits. <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, man, uh, we had the return of Elias now going as Ezekiel on Raw tonight, Veer return tonight. So, good stuff, man. It was an alright Raw. It's not... Nothing big and crazy happened tonight, but that's fine, man. It was a good action-packed Raw. Braun Breaker is now the NXT champion. They had an NXT championship match on Raw tonight. Interesting, but hey, I'll take it. Fine. And then, there you go, man. I'm <laughs> Like I said, that's that's the wrestling talk. Thank you for all bearing with me if you're not a wrestling fan. Like I said, check it out, man. WWE, you'd enjoy it. WWE is sports entertainment. It's freaking a TV show. It's produced like a TV show. You'll enjoy it, man. Like I said, athletic theater, dude. But that does it there for the wrestling news. Great weekend. Had a great time hanging out with my buds. Make sure you check out their shows. The Metal Groove has a new episode out now, as well as Haunter's Podcast has a new episode out now. Uh, later this week, uh, depending on when you're listening to this episode, you probably already listened to these shows, because I'm sure you listened to my show last, uh, because it's not as important as the other ones. But the Mr. Wonderful Show has a new episode coming out this week, and Zach Speakeasy has a new one coming out this week. So, action-packed, jam-packed. We got freaking all forces together now on this Thrill Me Podcast Network, man, it's great. So, going from there, we should now jump into our movie news, and hate to start it off this way, never want to start off the news in like a somber or sad way, but unfortunately, this is one of the big things that happened since the last time we talked, and that is that, unfortunately, Bruce Willis is being forced to retire from acting. Uh, the legendary actor will be stepping away from actor um, acting after being recently diagnosed with a language disorder that has caused some brain damage that affects his ability to communicate. And this is something that was being noticed on set uh, recently before this announcement came out from his family, where he did end up dropping a gun on one of the films, uh, one of the film sets while he's filming and having a hard time with his lines and he needs to be repeated, man. And, you know, it's a sad situation. You hate for anything to happen to anybody and you know again Bruce Willis legendary actor and you know I've been I like Bruce Willis I've always had some kind of respect for him because I do recognize him as a legend for of course the Die Hard films and uh, countless other movies Last Boy Scout fantastic movie he was great in the uh the whole nine yards the whole ten yards all that stuff man and of course M. Night Shyamalan movies he did and just you know countless other things he done did throughout his career it was just you know and he's got a lot of other films actually still coming out. So while he is retiring from acting, he did shoot a lot of films in the process. He's been doing a lot of movie work. He's a lot of like video-on-demand films or films that are being released under the radar. But he has shot a lot, and he still has a lot of films coming. Um, just to say, I mean, he's got a movie called Fortress 2, which is releasing this April, on April 29th. Um, which would add, which is actually the third movie of his already released in 2022, the short amount of year that it's been already. We're only in April, but he's had uh, two movies released already, and then Fortress will be the third one. Uh, the other two were uh, Gasoline Alley, which is an action thriller that was released back in February, and A Day to Die, which was released back in March. Now, following Fortress 2, he has a film called Corrective Measures, which will be debuting in April on Tubi. He has a revenge thriller called Vendetta, which will be premiering on May 17th. That film gets a limited theatrical run um, and will be available day and date on demand. In September, he has a movie from Saban Films coming out called Die Like Lovers, which is about a former black ops soldier who takes the place of a man who died as part of an experimental military program in order to find out who killed him. Um, now we don't know exactly what will be the last roles that will be shown for Bruce Willis here on camera. Uh, it's tough to say. Uh, we don't know when these movies will be released, but, um, 
He has, of course, finished filming an untitled trilogy of films for Lionsgate. Uh, he's also got uh, another Lionsgate film called War, uh, Wire Room, which is uh, Svet's debut later this year. He has a movie called Wrong Place. He's got a movie called White Elephant. Another movie with Saban Films called Paradise City, which will be teaming up with uh, John Travolta again. You know, those who did Pulp Fiction together. And also Look Who's Talking together, a movie I loved when I was a child. And... Yeah, he's got a lot of stuff still coming. So he, you know, it's sad that he announced his retirement, of course, and we wish Bruce the best possible, you know, obviously, uh, with this situation. I'm sure it's a tough situation to be going through. And, of course, best wishes to his family as they're, they're uh, there to help him as well. It's great that he's got a great uh, family around him. But, man, you know, an absolute legend in the uh, world. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. A lot of people know Bruce Willis. You all love Die Hard. You watch it during Christmas because you think it's a Christmas movie. And maybe it is. But, um, I mean, I know I watched it during Christmas this last year. So, uh, best wishes to Bruce Willis, man. Legendary actor going out. Make sure you watch one of his films, be it Die Hard, be it Last Boy Scout, uh, be it, you know, whatever you choose to watch. Uh, just celebrate Bruce Willis, man. And a little bit easier to celebrate Bruce Willis. I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan, as a lot of people know. Uh, if you don't know, hey, huge Kevin Smith fan. And, you know, he and Kevin Smith got into a pretty, um, uh, you know, an ordeal, if you will, where they didn't really get a, see eye to eye on the set of Cop Out. That was the film that uh, Kevin Smith directed with Bruce Willis starring. And um, since then, it's always kind of been like a an issue there. And, you know, Kevin Smith's been open about it. You can find videos on YouTube about all that stuff. But he did tweet out um, after finding out about this and wishing Bruce the best and everything. So... Yeah, man, tough situation. And again, as always, we hope the best for Bruce and, you know, whatever can happen here. You know, long, successful career in acting. Definitely didn't want it to end this way for him, but, you know, a lot of films still coming from Bruce Willis to, you know, check out and celebrate his career and make sure you go see them or watch them to make sure he gets the, you know, some celebration. With that, man, there's talks of another legendary actor hanging up uh, the acting here, I guess. Um, not the same situation as Bruce Willis here, but just, you know, at a point where he feels like it's time where he can do it. Uh, Jim Carrey recently spoke with Access Hollywood saying that he is uh, close to retiring, pretty much playing retiring, saying uh, the actual quote here, uh, well, I'm retiring. Yeah, probably. I'm being fairly serious. It depends if the Angels bring some sort of script that's written in gold ink that says to me that it's going to be a really important for people to see. I might continue down the road, but I'm taking a break. Um, end quote. And it's interesting there. He said he's taking a break there. He did say retiring at the beginning, but he also said taking a break. So no real idea if he's actually retiring or maybe just taking an extended um, period of time off. Uh, for instance... Nothing really new. He was in the Sonic the Hedgehog movie in 2020, which is the first film, major film role he did since 2014's Dumb and Dumber 2. So he's he can go these long periods without doing anything big. He'll do like you know little independent things or something like that. But he did end up saying later on in that article, I quote, I really like my quiet life and I really like putting paint on the canvas and I really like my spiritual life and I feel like. And this is something you might never hear any other celebrity say, as long as time exists, I have enough, I've done enough, and I am enough. So, Jim Carrey has a movie coming out this weekend that we'll be talking about later. Maybe you need to go to theaters and see that to support Jim Carrey. It could be the last film he has released in theaters. 
may not be, who knows, man. But uh, Jim Carrey, absolute legend, probably one of the first actors. I mean, I think probably he was one of the first actors ever, you know, became a huge fan of, loved, and every time he had a movie come out, like, gotta see it, man, gotta see it. There's only one of his movies I haven't watched, um, and that was uh, The Majestic. Uh, the, the, and there's a reason I haven't seen that movie, and it's not because I have a problem with him doing serious roles. I don't. I have absolutely no problem with that. Um, it's more of a matter of uh, kind of a personal situation here, but my grandma was never a fan of Jim Carrey. Like uh, my granny, she was never a fan of Jim Carrey. She didn't like him, thought he was an overactor. And, you know, she would have never wanted to see any of his movies, but, you know, she saw a preview for that Majestic movie. She's like, I'd see that with you. And sadly, she ended up passing away before the movie came out, and I've never brought myself to actually watch the movie. So, uh, that's other than that, I've seen, you know, all of Jim Carrey's movies. I absolutely love Jim Carrey. And if he is retiring, man, big bucket of win, as they say on um, Babylon over there. Kevin Smith's show, a, you know, fantastic career for Jim Carrey. I mean, he's not, like you said, he's happy. And if he's happy, man, that's all that matters, dude. And, you know, obviously our fan, us fans will miss him, you know, acting. But it's his choice to take time off. If he wants to take time off, more power to him, man. All right, jumping into some horror news here. And I thought this was an April Fool's joke. I even sent it to a group, got a group chat with my friends. I sent it to them, and I'm like, ah, freaking F it, man. This is <laughs> this is uh, probably an April Fool's joke, but apparently it's not. Uh, Bill Skarsgård, fantastic actor who, of course, you probably know best for playing Pennywise, the dancing clown, and the It franchise, the latest It uh, movies, It 1 and 2, which I need to go back and watch, man. I haven't watched those movies in a while. He has been cast to play Eric Draven in the reimagining of The Crow. Now, The Crow has been something that's been, they've been trying to get off the ground for a while now, and it's always kind of fell flat. Most recently, there was an expectation or belief that Jason Momoa was going to end up playing the role and they'd be doing the reimagining with him, but that ended up falling out as well. And, you know, here we are now, where we've got Bill Skarsgård attached to play um, Eric Draven in the uh, reimagining of The Crow. Uh, uh, Rupert Sanders will be directing the film, and he had this to say about it, quote, The Crow is beautiful, dark, poetic, and sometimes disturbing. It is a story of love, loss, grief, and revenge. It is a great honor to revisit James Obar's iconic comic and reimagining The Crow for a as a foreboding voice of today. Now, of course, uh, he mentioned James Obar, which was uh, where the story came from, which was originally published back in 1989. And then, of course, you had the film that was released in 1994, starring the late Brandon Lee, which has, of course, become a cult classic and, you know, has people up in arms. But anytime uh, a new Crow film is mentioned to release, and there's been this huge belief that there's a curse of the Crow and all that stuff. I don't know. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've never seen the Crow film. I know the cult classic, um, the cult following that it has and everything, but I have never dove into the movie and ch uh, to check it out. Um, you know, honestly, I'm going to go ahead and do a quick search here, see what it's on. Maybe I will check that out and do a spook show review for it because it is kind of a horror-related movie, right? Um, well, they say it's action fantasy, but you get a little bit of horror to it, apparently. And honestly, just looking at it here, it looks like... You know, a lot of horror sites have been posting about The Crow, but the movie itself is not necessarily considered a horror movie. You know, I haven't seen the movie myself, so I can't really say if it's a horror movie or not. It looks like it has horror images or horror moments in it, so maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But nonetheless, The Crow is being remade, and it is on Paramount+. Plus. If you want to check it out, maybe I can check that out on Paramount+, Plus as well. Um, 
But yeah, there we go. That's the latest in Crow news is that Bill Skarsgård is attached to play uh, the main character in the film. So we'll end up seeing where that ends up going. Uh, let's see, over at NBC Universal, they are developing you know, a series called Pinned, which is a drama set in the world of fictional wrestling promotion. Uh, the project is described as an adrenalized upstairs, downstairs soap that gives a behind-the-scenes look at a fictional wrestling promotion and the unforgettable characters that populate it. Uh, Pinned offers a front-row seat into the eccentric wrestling culture and the mayhem that exists between the locker room and the uh, boardroom. And this show will be executive produced by Vincent Kennedy McMahon himself. Uh, of course, the other wrestling show on NBC Universal is Young Rock, which takes you through the uh, life of, of course, worldwide phenomenon, The Rock, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And WWE has another show where they've partnered up with Blumhouse TV called The United States vs. Vince McMahon, which will be um, going into the WWE during the 1990s, a time when McMahon was reportedly uh, censored by infamous New York Post writer Phil Mushnick, um, whose columns eventually drew the attention of the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office for the Eastern District of New York, who ended up indicting Vince McMahon with the U.S. government and all that. So, uh, I felt, you know, that was some news that came out here. We'll see how that show goes. I will definitely be watching it. Um, and, you know, it fit this episode because we talked WrestleMania at the beginning. <laughs> Let's see, over in DC land, we've got, is this my last news? All right. Um, last thing we got here news-wise, and this is DC news, is that Sharon Stone is in final talks to play the villain in the upcoming Blue Beetle film. Uh, the character she will be uh, reportedly playing is by the goes by the name of Victoria Cord, uh, spelled with a K. Um, this is basically a new character created for the film and believed to be the wife of Ted Cord. Uh, Cord is the second Blue Beetle in DC lore. Uh, the movie was originally supposed to release on HBO Max, but was uh, moved up to theatrical release or moved up. Who knows, man? In this day and age. Movie going straight to stream is not necessarily a bad thing, or maybe it is. Who knows? I don't think it is. But uh, the movie has been moved from HBO Max to a theatrical uh, release on August 18th, 2023. So, Blue Beetles on the way, and Sharon Stone is a villain, man. So, there you go, man. That does it for the news, which takes us into uh, what's releasing this week. Got a, got a good bit of stuff releasing this week. Actually, uh, starting off with, teased this earlier, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Uh, we talked about Jim Carrey, and this may be Jim Carrey's last role if he's retiring. Um, Sonic the Hedgehog is PG. It's a fantasy adventure. It's two hours and two minutes. That's hilarious. <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog 2 is two hours and two minutes long. Uh, this will be in theaters. The world's favorite Blue Hedgehog is back for a next-level adventure in Sonic the Hedgehog 2. After settling in Green Hill, Sonic is eager to prove he has what it takes to be a true hero. His test comes when Dr. Robotnik returns, this time with a new partner by the name of Knuckles, in search for an emerald that has the power to destroy civilizations. Sonic teams up with his with his own sidekick, Tails, and together they embark on a globe-trotting journey to find the emerald before it falls into the wrong hands. Um, fun. Love Sonic growing up, man. Played that game a lot on the Sega. And... I enjoyed the first film. If I remember correctly, I haven't seen it since I saw it that one time, but I think I enjoyed it. Um, I say um a lot. I know. I'm sorry, guys. That's just how I am. I'm awkward. So, I don't plan on seeing this movie in theaters, just to be honest. Even though it may be Jim Carrey's last film. I didn't see the first movie in theaters. I don't... 
I don't see the need for me personally seeing it in theaters. If you want to go see it in theaters, please do. Let me know what you thought about it without spoiling. But we'll see, man. We'll see what ends up happening. I don't know if I'm making it out to the theaters this weekend or not. But if I do, I don't think Sonic the Hedgehog will be the movie I see. Um, again, more power to him. Wishing the best. Love Sonic the Hedgehog growing up. And I still hope the best for Sonic the Hedgehog. Uh, other film releasing this week, which may be the film I see in theaters if I make it out to the theaters this weekend. And this is going to be Ambulance. Um, it is rated R. It is an action crime movie. It's two hours and 16 minutes. This is also only in theaters. Over one day across the streets of L.A., three lives will change forever. And this breakneck thriller from director-producer Michael Bay, uh, decorated veteran Will Sharp, played by, oh my god, I'm going to mess that name up, Yaha Abdul-Mateen II, who was in Candyman, uh, is desperate for money to cover his wife's medical bills. Not him. His character, Will Sharp, is desperate for wife to... Uh, Jesus. Desperate for money to cover his wife's medical bills. Ask for help from the one person who knows he shouldn't be asking for help for. From his adopted brother, Danny, who's played by Jake Gyllenhaal. A charismatic career criminal, Danny instead offers him a score. The biggest bank heist in Los Angeles history, $32 million. With his wife's survival on the line, Will can't say no. But when their getaway goes spectacularly wrong, uh, the desperate brothers hijack an ambulance with a wounded cop clinging to life and an ace EMT, Cam Thompson, played by Isaac Gonzalez from Fast and the Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw, and Baby Driver, she is on board. In a high-speed pursuit that never stops, Will and Danny must evade a massive citywide law enforcement response, keep their hostages alive, and somehow try not to kill each other, all while executing the most insane escape L.A. has ever seen. Does sound interesting, sounds fun, also sounds like an FX original movie. <laughs> um, and it's directed by Michael Bay, which also screams FX original movie. It's funny, Michael Bay was kind of in the news where he told a story about... Uh, uh, when he was talking about this movie, about how Steven Spielberg told him to stop doing Transformers movies um, after the third one, but of course he ended up continuing to do Transformers movies, and they all did pretty well until they got to that one with Mark Wahlberg, and it flopped. I believe it was called The Last Night. Uh, but anyways, Ambulance is hitting theaters this week. Also releasing this week, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. Uh, this is rated R, sci-fi comedy, 2 hours, 12 minutes, also in theaters. Starring Jamie Lee Curtis, or she's in the movie, she's not the star, but she's in it. Uh, when an interdimensional ru uh, rupture, rupture, that's supposed to be rapture, rupture, sure, unravels reality, an unlikely hero must channel her newfound powers to fight bizarre and bewildering dangers from the meta uh, multiverse as the fate of the world hangs in the balance. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once is out now. As very high, um, Scores, Craig scores high 90s, and the audience scores high 90s as well. Let's see, Metal Lords, rated R, comedy drama, one hour, 37 minutes, will be hitting Netflix. Two kids want to start a heavy metal band in a high school where exactly two kids care about heavy metal. Uh, Hunter is a diehard metal fan who knows his history and shreds. His dream is to win the upcoming Battle of the Bands. He enlists his best friend, Kevin, to man the drums, but with schoolmates more interested in Bieber than Black Sabbath, what the hell? Finding a bassist is a struggle, until Kevin overhears Emily playing the cello. 
Chilo, it's a base. The Motley Crew, C-R-E-W, um, must contend with school parents, hormones, and teen angst while trying to get along long enough for Skullfucker? Is that the name of the band? <laughs> to win the Battle of the Bands. I'm watching this. <laughs> I mean, I'm watching this as soon as possible. Are you kidding me? This sounds fantastic, dude. I'd go to theaters to see this. Without a doubt. This sounds like a good fun time. An hour 37 minutes. It's a freaking sweet amount of time here. Freaking, dude, sign me up. I'm in. I am absolutely in. Let's see, we got Midnight. A mystery thriller, one hour, 43 minutes. This is in theaters and streaming and is sitting at a 100% critic score right now on Rotten Tomatoes. A serial killer ruthlessly hunts down a deaf woman through the streets of South Korea after she witnesses his brutal crime. Does sound pretty good. And the last thing we got here is All the Old Knives, rated R. Mystery thriller, one hour, 41 minutes. This is in theaters and streaming. When, a CIA, when the CIA discovers one of its agents leaked information that cost more than 100 people their lives, veteran operative Henry Fallon, played by Chris Pine, is assigned to root out the mole from among his former office mates at the agency's Vienna station. His investigation takes him from Austria to England to California, where he is reunited with his one-time colleague and ex-lover, Celia Harrison. The pair are forced to blur the lines between profession and passion in this riveting tale of global espionage, moral ambiguity, and deadly betrayal. There you go, man. That's stuff that's released this week. I am most excited about freaking Metal Lords, man. That sounds fun. But a lot of good stuff, honestly, releasing this week. Sonic the Hedgehog 2 should be fun. Ambulance sounds like a good time. Everything, everywhere, all at once looks interesting. Uh, Midnight sounds good, and all the old knives sounds pretty interesting as well, man. So, overall, pretty solid lineup this week for you peeps to check out. Um, as for me, man, that does it for the news and what's releasing this week. So that means it is time to go to the review. But before we get there, we got to play our trailer. So hang tight. The trailer's coming at you, and then I'll give my thoughts on Morbius. You're a doctor? I am a doctor. I should have died years ago. People all over the world have my disease. From here, to find a cure, we have to push the boundaries, take the risks. If you're gonna run, do it now. Morbius, you've been missing for two months. When you're a stranger, then you were found on a container ship that washed up off Long Island. Faces look ugly when you're alone. What did you do to yourself, Doctor? I wish I knew. I went from dying to being more alive than ever. It worked. Not exactly. I have increased strength and speed and some form of bat radar. What else can I do? 
there's something inside of him. He wants to hunt and consume blood. And you control it. I don't know. Half the city wants to kill you. We haven't had anything this good since that thing in San Francisco. The other half wants to control you. Hey, uh, Dr. Mike, you and I should stay in touch. I'd do anything to save a life. But I don't know what I'm capable of. You save lives, you don't take them. Are you here to heal the world? Or to destroy it? Who the hell are you, man? I am Venom. I'm just kidding, it's Dr. Michael Morbius at your service. Alright man, welcome back to the show. That was the trailer for Morbius, the latest Sony Spidey film released. Uh, it is rated PG-13 for some frightening images, intense sequences of violence, brief strong language. It is a fantasy action film coming in at 1 hour 44 minutes and is currently only in theaters. One of the most compelling and conflicted characters in Sony Pictures' universal of Mar Marvel characters. Jesus. <laughs> Let's, let's run that back. <laughs> One of the most compelling and conflicted characters in Sony Pictures' universe of Marvel characters comes to the big screen as Oscar winner Jared Leto transforms into the enigmatic anti-hero Michael Morbius, dangerously ill with a rare blood disorder and determined to save others suffering his same fate. Dr. Morbius attempts a desperate gamble. While at first it seems to be a radical success, a darkness inside him is unleashed. Will good override evil, or will Morbius succumb to his mysterious new urges? Now, Rotten Tomatoes has this film at a critic score of, yikes, 16%, which actually went up 1%, so hey, hey! <laughs> and an audience score way, way, way higher at 70%, while IMDb has the movie at Shocker, 5.2 out of 10 <laughs> If you're new new to the show, the reason I say shockers half the time, IMDb scores are like five point something out of ten. Like I feel like they don't even try sometimes. Like let's put it right in the middle, you know. Yeah, sometimes I've seen sevens, and I, you know most of the time I've seen like five point something is normally where they go. So how did I feel about the movie? Finally, it is here as of April first, released on April Fool's Day. Uh, Morbius is finally here, and. Is a film that was supposed to come out a while ago. And when I say a while ago, I mean back in 2021. Um, it was originally supposed to release on July 10th of 2020, and then it was moved to July 31st, and then it was moved again to March 19th, 2021, and then moved again to October 8th, 2021, and then again to January 21st, 2022, and then again to the 28th of January of 2022, and then it was finally delayed till April of 2022, which it did eventually end up coming out. And then that's one of the problems with this movie. It's one of the first things that kind of happened with me going into the film. I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, I went to see this movie Thursday night. That was the only opening I had. And I was fairly interested in seeing the movie, obviously, because I would go to the Thursday night opening, went to the latest showing they had possible, and 
you know, I was, you know, obviously interested enough to go to the, you know, the opening night, um, and see it when it was released in theaters. So I was interested enough to go see it in theaters, and, but I wasn't as interested as I was when I first saw the trailer for the film, because I think just the long delay and everything is like, you know, same, kind of the same thing that, you know, you ran into with the New Mutants, where you're like, yeah, we're excited about this, and then it just took forever for the movie to finally come out. Now, of course, this was a different situation from what I remember. I think New Mutants was postponed for, like, director changes and screenwriters and all that stuff. Uh, this movie was postponed because of stupid-ass COVID. So, you know, finally the movie came here. I sat there, I watched it, and, you know, I had a decent time with it. You know, I don't think the movie is nearly as bad as it's being made out to be. I don't think it is a 16%. That's that's insane. Uh, now, obviously, again, and as I mentioned in the last couple of episodes, and again, if you're new to the show, the reason I give those scores is not because those are the end-all, be-all scores. That's just because to let you know. People have differing opinions, and it shows very well here that the critics give this thing a 16%, while the audience is having a fairly decent time with the movie at a 70%. And I'm in that same boat, man. I had a fairly decent time with the movie. I enjoyed the things I was watching. I think Jared Leto, obviously fantastic actor, and I think he did a good job throughout the film. Um, I like the horror elements that are in the movie. I'm always a fan of vampires. I really love vampires. They are my favorite you know, when people ask me, who's your favorite universal monster? I always say Dracula. And, you know, I just like vampires. You know, Twilight's its own story. You know, they decided to do some different kind of thing with vampires, which was their deal. I haven't watched all the Twilight movies because I don't hate myself enough to do that. Just kidding. Not really. But, <laughs> um, I'm totally joking. I haven't seen the movie, so I can't fairly judge them. Just saw the first one. I'm like, okay, that's an interesting take. I don't need to watch any more of these. <laughs> um, uh, or for a while. And then, anyways... So like I was saying, man, I had a fairly good time with it. The script is not amazing by any means, but it's decent enough, you know. Um, it's not the worst script of a movie I've seen this year, and by any means. But, you know, overall, the story is what it is, and I like the effects of the movie. You, you know, you see some of them in the trailer there, which, by the way, that trailer, just watching it now after seeing the movie... Interesting. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say is interesting. Um, but, but yeah, man, I like some, and I saw this in an RPX theater, so it's, you know, that's like the big theater, and like, you know, the seats rattle and all that stuff, and stuff happens, and there was moments of that when it happened, and it was like, that's pretty cool, man, it was a fun time, so I'm glad, made me a little happier, a little more happier that I saw the movie in theaters, especially RPX. Um, I don't know why I pick RPX for this movie, man. But, personally, the way I look at the movie and I'm trying to think if this is a spoiler or not. Eh, not really. Not really, because I kind of went through it in the um, synopsis there and then what you heard in the trailer as well. So the movie, to me, this is how it feels. It's a monster movie, obviously. You know, it's a vampire film. Uh, and vampires are considered monsters and all that stuff. So it's a monster movie. And while it involves vampires, the way what I came out of this movie thinking is this movie is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, but with a vampire. You know, that's the feel I had with this movie. And I, 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 I think Leto, I don't know why I said I, 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 I so many times just then, turned into Alpha Alpha, not Alpha Alpha, Alpha 5 from the Power Rangers. I, 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 I. Um, <laughs> wow. But I think Jared Leto did a great job of portraying what he needed to portray in this film. And I've seen recent stories come out since the movie's come out where he did the method acting thing again, which power to him um 
I think he did, you know, again, Jerry Leto's the star of the film, and he, he's obviously portrayed it that way. Um, the, they had, God, I don't want to call him the Doctor Who actor, let me try to pull up his name, but um, I know I know him from Doctor Who, which is hilarious, I've never seen an episode of Doctor Who in my life. Uh, Matt Smith, he's in the film, I thought he was good, you know, a little over the, you know, he's, he's a, you know, yeah. He did good. <laughs> he did good in the movie. Michael Keaton, obviously, is in it. Uh, this is my first time seeing... I'm going to get her name wrong. I think it's Adrena Adarjona. Definitely messed that up. But she was good in the film. You know, the cast is fine. The, the, like I said, the story's not the strongest story in the world. Uh, you know, it... The best thing I can say for the movie is one I didn't hate it. Like, I didn't come out of that movie at all. Like, God, I wish I didn't see that movie. Like, I, I didn't hate it. It's not at the bottom of my list of films I've seen this year. It's not. I don't know if it'll make the top ten at the end of the year. Most likely won't. But, I mean, it's a fine film. I mean, that's the best thing I can tell you. It's a fine film. Like I said, it's Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, you know, with a vampire. It's got some good horror elements to it. Not the strongest script in the world. Acting is pretty decent. The... You know, I don't talk about cinematography. I can really care less. <laughs> I mean, I can, you know, honestly, it's not. That's what somebody else talked about. You know, I liked some of the special effects in the film and all that stuff. I like the vampire aspects. Uh, you know, it felt like, I told my buddy this when I was leaving the theaters, it felt like an early 2000s superhero movie. And, and you know, thinking about that, this is, and what I've seen is like one of the worst ranked Marvel or superhero films on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, putting it close to the Fantastic Four movie that came out a while ago, and I'm going to be honest with you, I think this movie's better than that Fantastic Four film. And honestly, I don't... should have pulled that list up to see what the other films are. Ah, here we go. I found it. So, some of the worst-ranked superhero movies to come out in the last decade. Uh, just some of them here, and this is how it stacks up. So... Batman vs. Superman has a 29%. I personally think Batman vs. Superman, the, was it the ultimate cut? I think that movie's really good. So I think that's better than Morbius. Ghost Rider, I haven't seen. So I can't be fair there. That's a 26%. Uh, Green Lantern, 26%. I say Morbius is better than that movie. Suicide Squad, 26%. I like the Suicide Squad movie. I'd put this Morbius movie pretty close to it. This is, again, that's Suicide Squad 2016. Uh, Blade Trinity... 25%. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen the movie enough to fairly judge. Uh, <laughs> just to be fair. X-Men Dark Phoenix, 22%. I say Morbius is better than that movie. Uh, and then it's ahead of Batman and Robin, which yep, absolutely better than that movie. It's better than Fantastic Four, 2015. It's better than Catwoman. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, so... That does that. <laughs> I mean, personally, again, I don't want to, you know, hash over the same thing. I think the film's fine. You know, so obviously I'm not giving it a glowing review of saying, hey, you got to go see it in theaters, because I don't know if you do. I'm going to be fair with you, and especially the credit scenes vary. There's two credit scenes, and I'm going to be honest with you, they feel very forced. Very forced, very rushed. Don't know if Sony 100% knows what they want to do with the next films. Very, very obvious what they want to do with the next films. But I don't know if they fully know, especially how the, how forced those credit scenes were. And it, you know, it's up for debate if it makes sense or not. And I'm leaning more towards the line of that it doesn't make sense. But of course, I'm not spoiling what happens in the um, credit scenes there. 
So, I mean, as the, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, and this is going to be off the radar and people are going to be like, what the hell? I enjoyed it more than the Venom films. That's just me, you know. I didn't enjoy the Venom films all that much, just being completely honest. If you enjoy them, awesome, man. It's fantastic. I have no problem with you enjoying what you enjoy, as I would expect the same towards me. I think Morbius is a better film than both of those. So overall, for me, I'm not going to tell you to go see the movie in theaters, you know, unless you want to support theaters and help theaters grow. Obviously, please go out and see the theaters. I think it's fine to wait for streaming. Don't know when that'll be. <laughs> um, you know, they have, it, it'll obviously go video on demand before it hits any streaming services. I would say it's a couple months from now. It should be streaming on video on demand for you to pay nineteen ninety whatever for it. And then it'll be on Netflix sometime in like 2023 because, you know, Sony signed that deal. I think it's called the pay per pay one window or whatever. Uh, so it will go to Netflix first and then it would go to Disney after that because Disney signed a deal with Sony because, you know, of course, Spider-Man films starring Tom Holland are Sony related films and uh, they would get them after Netflix has the rights to them. But I mean, and let's just look at the box office here. The movie is at $83.9 million. Uh, what was the budget? The budget was between 75 and $83 million. You know, I mean, again, the movie was made in 20, to come out in 2020, so, and, you know, just not to give it, you know, lead way or anything, but the film was not released in, um, oh, God, what am I thinking? It was not released in um, Russia. Jeez, I don't know why that's hard. It was not released in Russia because of the conflict that's going on with Ukraine. So, you know, it could have gotten some more money there from there, but, I mean, you know, overall, it's doing it's doing all right, I guess. You know, uh, it's based on the fact that I mean, you look at it, we're still dealing with. I guess I don't know if we are. I mean, WrestleMania just had seventy-seven thousand people, so I don't know. I don't know what the restrictions are based on states. You know, I don't have the time to look. I didn't look it up. <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest with you. Overall, I mean, it's got eighty-three point nine million in its first less than a week of being out. I think that's pretty good for it. You know, the critics are back and are really dogging on the movie. There's some critics that enjoy the movie, giving it B ratings and all that stuff, which is going to happen with critics. It's, like I said, it's all over the place. Me, personally, had a good time with the film. I like it more than the Venom movies. I like it more than a couple of these other superhero movies it's being compared to. Uh, I, I like the horror aspects. I think Jared Leto's good. The script is all right. It's not great. Uh, I mean, basically, what I'm telling you here is the movie's not great. It's borderline good. <laughs> you know, it's 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 fine. The movie's fine. <laughs> it's a fine time. I didn't leave the theater upset. Didn't leave the theater unhappy about anything. You know, the credit scenes, maybe a little bit. I'm like, what the? I was like, maybe that works, but at the same time, because you know, I like to give things a little bit of credit here, a little leadway, because you know, uh, you know, filmmakers and storytellers have their own rights to tell whatever they want to tell. But at the end of the day, it was like, yeah, I don't know about that. You know, it took me a while because I, I tried to defend it for a while. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> After sitting on it for a while, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know about that. But the film itself, I enjoyed personally, give or take. I know I enjoy films that other people don't enjoy. That's how life works. I enjoyed it. I think it's far better than 16%. I'm all, you know, closer to the audience score. I don't have an actual audience score, but 70% sounds like the audience is enjoying it. I enjoyed the film overall, personally, me. Enjoyed the film. Had a decent time with it. Didn't hate myself afterwards after seeing it. I like it more than the Venom movies. 
it, it, it was a good time. It was a good time. I'll gladly watch it again once it's on streaming. I'm not going back to theaters to see it. Not going to rent it for $20. Not going to... I don't see any need to own the movie at any point in time. It's it's a fine film. <laughs> it's 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 a fine film. <laughs> you know, it's okay. It's okay. Don't let... It doesn't seem like this uh, critic score is really pushing people away by any means. I mean, $83 million. It's a good amount of money for a movie that had a budget of around the same amount. So... Obviously, you know, you're supposed to, people tell you you got to double it because of marketing and all that, yada, yada, yada. But, you know, there's also COVID times and that budget was back in 2020. So who freaking knows? <laughs> you know, who knows at this point? Who cares? The movie itself is what you should be focused on in the movie. According to me, decent film. That does it, man. Talked around in circles. I said the same thing about 15 times there. You get it. <laughs> but nonetheless, that's going to do it for this ep- uh, week's episode. Again. Check out the Throw Me Podcast Network on the YouTube as well as the Facebook. We all have got our Instagram, so Zach Speakeasy, Mr. Wonderful Show, my show, um, Metal Groove. I mean, Josh has an Instagram. Uh, and again, welcome, Josh, to the Throw Me Podcast Network, show that deals with the metal and rock scene. And, you know, stay tuned. Again, later this week, you got the Mr. Wonderful Show. You've got Zach Speakeasy already out, is Haunter's Podcast. And. The metal groove, man. Freaking great times, dude. So happy and excited about all the stuff that's going on. Can't wait to see where things continue to go in the future. Can't wait to see what we get from Halloween Horror Nights as that's coming and, you know, ramping up for stuff with that. And overall, man, things are looking pretty good, man. So, as always, appreciate you taking the time to listen to me babble on on this show. I'm so excited. Getting very close to episode 100, man. Gotta think of something to do for that episode. Will I think of anything to do? Probably not. We know me. But... Nonetheless, there will be an episode of 100 soon. So exciting, man. Can't believe I'm at 100 episodes. Man, that's wild. But that does it for this week. I talked a lot. A lot more than I expected. Appreciate you all. And as always, remember, happiness can be found, even in the darkest of times, if one remembers Return of the Light. Chat with you next episode. Thank you for joining me this week. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get updates on all new episodes. As well, follow me on Twitter at review underscore it underscore Rob. Stay tuned for more adventures.